everybody welcome to the the place where women like you and me can come together to be inspired to be empowered and to be transformed into our mind body and soul i am darlene lopez i am your founder and your host for today's show i am super excited because today i have an amazing guest um i've had the privilege of speaking with her um, last week, and I'm super excited to share her testimony and allow her to share her story and um, share a little bit about her own experience. Um, speaking with her it really inspired me, and I was able to relate to her on a whole um, other level when it comes to fitness and just health and mindset, things that we often don't talk about. So we're going to be getting into the topic of body dysmorphia what it is, what it means, um, what it looks like, and if you've, you know, ever experienced it. And she's going to give us some wisdom um, and how to combat this. And she's just going to share a little bit of her story. So today I have Rachel Brooks on the line. She is a natural bikini competitor. Um, she's fitness and lifestyle coach. She's a writer and a self-love advocate, which, um, as you know, she is inspiring us all about body positivity and loving oneself she is the founder of i am athletics a line of athletic apparel and accessories with an important message which i'm totally going to be grabbing some gear by the way let go of your limiting beliefs and redefine who you are and she promotes creating your own story which i was able to get on the website and look at some of the gear which is phenomenal actually rachel so i love it after a lifetime of living in extremes from body dysmorphia to eating disorders to self-esteem issues, Rachel has been able to overcome her struggles by creating a balanced, healthy, and just an overall um, health and, you know, um, healthy, balanced fitness lifestyle of mind and body and soul um, through experiences of her own. She wants to be able to now to give back and to inspire and encourage and empower others to embrace life with passion and purpose. She also specializes in helping professional women become their best selves through the practice of creating a positive mindset and a soul filled with self-love, self-acceptance, gratitude, and forgiveness. She helps cut through the health and fitness, overwhelm or noise with the flexible dieting and custom strength training routines. So that way women, and people can create a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. She is in the final stages of editing with her fitness memoir, which I'm super excited to read and looking forward to that. Welcome, Rachel, to the She Is Inspiring podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, darling. Um, I'm honored to be a part of your podcast. And I know that when we had spoke last week, we had so much in common that I just felt like we could talk for hours and hours. Um, and especially just being into the fitness industry, you and I had so much in common um, relating back and forth to our, our fitness journeys as well as just our life journeys. And so to give everyone just um, kind of a backstory, how I, how I became um, passionate into the whole uh, fitness and lifestyle industry is obviously through sharing uh, my own experiences and struggles of my own that I, I doing the inner work has allowed me to um, create a balanced and moderate lifestyle, which is one that I had always been on a quest seeking, which eventually had led me to the stage as a fitness competitor. Um, so 
when I first started getting into competing as a bikini competitor in 2012, I had years and years of um, just going through the fitness, breaking through the fitness noise, going into which diet was the best, which workout was the best, constantly seeking um, these fitness models, uh, using them as a, a role model, just um, find perfection. And I think that's the ultimate quest that I was after. And so when I was asked to um, do my first competition, I went home and I looked up what a bikini competitor is. And I realized that was the ideal that I'd been chasing my, my whole life. I just wanted to have this toned, lean, beautiful look. And that's what I worked hard to achieve. And in 2012, I did that. The issue that I had with the, the 2012 competition, and I didn't know this until much later, was when I competed, I was, I was trying to use the outer work and seeking that validation and seeking the lean, perfect body as a way to find this happiness. And I didn't realize that I'm the one who was, I needed to create that from within. And that was a big disconnect between my mind and my body. And so it led me down that, that journey and road of self-discovery, which is now, um, for me, I found a way to incorporate balance and moderation into my life. And that's where I have found a new sense of self-love, self-acceptance. Uh, and most importantly, I had to hone into self-awareness. And I think that was a big um, part that was missing in my life is that I was unaware of self-aware. So that is um, kind of the, the pivotal point into the progress of just working on self, the self-improvement aspect of it. And so that's what I, what I teach with my clients, as well as what I talk about the whole journey in, in my fitness memoir, which... Um, the final stages right now with the editing, and then we'll be working on that throughout 2019. So that's kind of some of the backstory that I've been working on and um, how I got to where I am right now. So there, it goes into much more depth in the book, obviously, but here we are. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, I know when we, when we talked, we just kind of were um, touching a lot on the fitness competition because you and I both competed. So I understand just that um not being aware of self and trying to attain this image that um when we first get started because I like you you know when I first got started I was like wow I want that kind of a body and um started to seek that out um tell me a little bit about um your struggle coming into competing like what does all of, what did all that entail for you um what was that like? Did you find that to be satisfying? Did you, what, just, yeah, just talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, did I find it to be satisfying? Um, no, the, the short answer is no. In 2012, I, I didn't. And I think at that time, everything was still relatively new in the bodybuilding industry, especially um, the bikini division. All I knew is that I had this end goal and that was something I've been chasing a lifetime for and I, I signed up for the date. So I just knew, okay, my lifetime quest of, of perfection will now be achieved in the 16, 17 week program that I'm on. And everything was brought through extremes because obviously I didn't really have the, the 
face body of being fully athletic. Um, you know, throughout my, my younger years, I, I didn't, I dabbled with soccer and stuff and, you know, that wasn't really into the strength training. All I know is that I just wanted to have this perfect body. So we went through the extremes. We, um, my diet was just very, very limited, very bland, very boring. And of course, this is all hindsight now looking back at it. And I had, um, my cardio was um, added on to every day of strength training, as well as I picked up um, some boxing and kickboxing. And my whole mantra was do more, push more, you know, the whole calories in, calories out. And I just thought that if I'm just overworking myself at the end of the day, I'm going to have this huge net deficit of calories that it was all for the greater good. And I just kept putting that like mantra in my mind that this is, you know, everything's going to be perfect. Everything's perfect. Um, you, you know, my, the end result was going to be my diet was perfect. My cardio was perfect. I mean, I gave it my all on everything. And that's just the quest that I was chasing was that obviously ideal perfection. Um, so no, I mean, that just looking back in 2012 as to where I'm at now, it's six years later, it was, I had been living a whole lifestyle of extremes. And so when I signed up for this competition, it was just a structured extreme mm. lifestyle. And that's kind of what I needed. I, I think in my, my head was that even though I'm living the extremes, if somebody just puts this plan of extremes down for me, so I don't have to be all over the place. So I was missing that structure. That's interesting. So you have already had been living a life of ex extremities and entering into um, prep and competition mode that just kind of took it to that next level of more of a structure. Do you feel that um, you were already before competing already kind of battling with a little bit of body dysmorphia, maybe kind of already chasing that ideal body? Like when did that even start for you? Like at what age did you begin to struggle with um, truly accepting yourself, truly loving your body um, and where you begin to kind of um, just be unappreciative of it and not like the image that you saw in the mirror? Uh, for body dysmorphia, now I do want to clarify, I was not medically or professionally diagnosed with body dysmorphia. Sure. So sure. when, I was, when I was looking back through my, going through the journey, my backstory, while I was writing my fitness memoir, all of this started to make sense and I realized um, throughout my life, I, I struggled with body dysmorphia and I can recall as early as eight years old when I would wow. sit down in class and I, I'm a, sh I'm very short. So, um, when I would sit down, my feet would fall short of touching the ground and I would look down at my lap and it was just this giant lap in perspective of my physical being. And I would take notice of other girls and wonder why theirs didn't do what mine did. And it just kind of built this little bit of an insecurity. And as you continue to grow, these insecurities all snowball and it creates this entire, like just warped perception of self. And I would notice the flaws. I appeared much larger than I am. I felt larger than I am. I can recall standing against the wall, holding the, measuring the width of my hips with my hands and then stepping away to see if what I saw was what really measured up. And so I would seek out these validations to affirm my beliefs and what I thought was true. 
so the going into the competition absolutely i always i i had struggled with body dysmorphia for like i said as as young as eight years old that i can recall and i just thought that if i was doing the diet and the nutrition or training that's how everyone says you're gonna get this you know you want to lose weight you go work out if you want to lose weight you need to eat great all these things and mm -hmm. so it was just overwhelming because i didn't really understand what it was just too ambiguous i guess um, and so when I did the competition, I just thought somebody was going to shortcut this by giving me the answers and the structured layout and I would just go execute them. And when I, when, when I was going through the process, I thought it would physically change my body. I thought it was going to kind of shape and shift and make me look like these beautiful models. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, obviously I had some big expectations, but I, I just knew I didn't like where I was. And in that body for all the years that I, that I'd been struggling with, um, self-acceptance and body dysmorphia and, and self-love. Um, so yes, that's, that's as far back as I can recall. Wow. That is baffling to me. I have a 10 year old daughter and I cannot imagine like her going into the mirror and just not being happy with the way that she looks, um, and looking at herself and worried or even concerning herself at that age even with you know um I feel fat or my la my lap isn't you know as nice as the other girls or why do I look this way so I can I can't even imagine you battling that from that young of an age and then of course that taking that on into um you know a, a puberty you know and growing up as a young lady high school and then, of course, as a young adult, battling with that. And then, as a young woman, and then as a woman, you know, taking on all of that, like you said, it just kind of accumulated and then battling with it all. So, when you got into competition prep and you were bikini, you know, um, bikini body on stage, that's like, I, I feel like as a competitor, even, that that's like the best shape that you're going to be in, right? Like, that's at least that's what it's said, like competition um, physique is like the peak and the pivotal of what your physique can look like, right? Because you've trained for so long and that's like you've shredded down and you've done everything that you needed to do. And that's like the best shape that your body has ever been in. Do you feel that when you stepped on that stage and when the competition was over, um, when you got there to that level, what um, what was going through your head? Was it, I finally attained it? And I know we talked a little bit about it, but like, okay, I'm here. I finally have the body I've always wanted. Or was there still a little bit of doubt and insecurity and as if it wasn't enough and you needed more? Yes, exactly what you just said at the end. It was not enough. I remember waking up that morning because I just had that crunch time and it was just the whole last chance workout, you know, get everything, nail everything, you know, especially during peak week, it's so crucial. Um, so my whole mantra was hit everything, do, you know, perfection. And basically when I, I mean, I gave it my all and I remember going to bed that evening and thinking that if I just wake up in the morning, I'm going to have like this, this Christmas miracle that I'm finally going to have that package because when I went to bed, it wasn't ready, but you know, and it, it, waking up, I would, I just, you know, I, I just hoped and prayed. And I remember looking in the mirror in that morning and I just said, this is not enough. I, I didn't see there again that big disconnect between mind and body was 
although my body was changing, it was physically getting smaller and, you know, a bit more toned and defined and, you know, leaner. My mind could not grasp the magnitude of the physical change because I never did the work on my mind. So that the big disconnect, so physically, yes, it was getting smaller, but my mind did not even see the results. It couldn't comprehend it. So I just kept saying to myself, I need more time. This is not enough. This is not enough. But here we are show day. You know, I, I got to go stand on stage. This is it. Because at that point, when was enough ever going to be enough? I didn't understand as either, either. So when I woke up feeling already down, I didn't meet this lofty goal. I didn't wake up looking like Miss Olympia. And, you know, so I went, I set out, did finish up my tan, got my hair and makeup done. And I still remember looking in the mirror. I'm just like, at that point, I had this question of doubt, like, who am I? Not only was it not meeting my expectations as far as the, the physical body, but when I looked in the mirror and the reflection I saw back, I had fake hair. I was not my skin color. The makeup was, you know, blinged out everything. And I'm just looking at myself. And I, and I just recall, who am I? That wasn't even me. I was putting on this entire facade, thinking that if I wore the right suit, if I had the right body, if my hair and makeup were on point, it would be enough. If this whole package came together, I would stand on stage. And not only did I think I was going to be enough, but the judges would then tell me I was enough. And finally, I would have worked. And that was, I was it all came together because that was what I was seeking. It wasn't seeking, I wasn't seeking the ideal perfection, the, the perfect body. I wasn't necessarily seeking that. I just wanted to be enough. And I was seeking value of worth. So that's, wow. yeah, that, that would, it took a lot to get there. And it took a lot to even fully understand that because when I was on stage, I, 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 just didn't understand all that. I just thought I was still a loser um, in the grand scheme of things because I didn't meet these expectations and I did not win my competition. <laughs> and, you know, it was a huge letdown, but so much positivity came from all of this. It's a huge learning lesson. And, and I'm so grateful for every bit of it. And, and so you, you said that like after, like you were standing there not feeling like well, looking at yourself and wondering, like, who, who am I? Like, who have I become? What am I doing? Um, I think, like, a lot of women going through competition mode, probably, if they're honest with themselves, have had that. I know I did lots of times where I'm in the mirror and I'm like, who am I? What am I becoming? Um, when you didn't meet the judges' expectations and you didn't place in your show, I'm sure you had all these emotions and feelings. Um, what, what was it like for you after, were you then after, um, after all of that, what was your mindset like? Was it like, I'm going to just go and I'm going to try it again and I'm going to work harder or was your mindset, um, had your mindset changed yet or were you still at that point? I'm going to work harder and I'm going to get there. Do you, do you mean right on the show day or yeah, like so after your show, like right after you competed and then you didn't place, did you at that point um, begin to just accept yourself or at that point were you still continuing to try to 
become what it is that the judges were looking for and still like, okay, I got to keep working harder and harder and harder. Like, when did you finally hit that breaking point of saying, you know what, like I am enough and I do accept myself. Like, talk about a little bit about that. Like, when did you finally have this? I know when you were on stage, you were, you know, when you were in the mirror looking at that, but when did the journey to actually beginning to heal that inner self begin? So the day of the show, when, when, when I found out I didn't even make the top, um, I was completely let down. And I think what I was, I, I just had this whole, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Just filled with negative self-talk because this was, this was my life. Like this is what I would do. I was just constantly beating myself up with the, the, the self-abuse. Um, and I just remember because I had all my friends out, I had family come into town. I was so pumped. I was so excited because this, I had this whole big, everything is going to work out. Everything was going to be awesome. And I think I, I felt so embarrassed that I let that, let my family and friends down and they just kind of that inner voice, which is telling you, see, I told you you weren't enough. You're a loser. You wasted people's time. You're an embarrassment, all this. So when I went home, I was looking forward to um, getting my pizza because I, everything was so extreme. I, everything that I wanted to eat was, um, I, I was told I couldn't. So I basically hoarded all the foods and things that I missed throughout the 16, 17 weeks of dieting. And I just couldn't wait to get home and have my pizza and just relax. And I had the pizza, I had a glass of wine, and I broke into my Reese's peanut butter cups. And I didn't stop. And I just binged on them. And I remember laying on the couch, making myself sick. And I was just doing that whole cyclical uh, extreme binge you feel bad about it, you know, you filled with the guilt. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. And so I remember waking up the next morning and I would go punish myself. This is just the, the norm of what I was doing. I was repeating old behaviors and habits. And I woke up and said, what are you doing? I can't believe that you're, you're you know, you work so hard and here you are and you're stuffing your face with the Reese's peanut butter cups, which basically got you where you were that you hated yourself anyway, because you didn't have any structure. So then I went for a long run thinking I can erase the damage that I just did. And I was just, I was just so in that broken mindset. I just, I, I, again, the huge disconnect. So uh, during the whole contest prep, I actually had a a pretty severe injury that had happened the week uh, during peak week. And I having the disconnect between mind and body, my mind was telling me, or my body was telling me I had an injury and my mind was just saying, no, keep pushing through it. It's okay. It's okay. And by ignoring my body's alarm systems, the pain progressively got worse and the injury had gotten worse. So long story short on that part, I actually ruptured my disc and I ended up having to, um, I went out seeking medical help on that as well. Um, so I had to go for in, uh, injections. I was on medicine. I was on some pain meds. I was on, um, I did the chiropractor. I mean, I just did everything to alleviate this pain. And during that time, I wasn't physically training. So the contest was like the highlight of my year that year. And then I tried to drown myself in the Reese's. I drowned myself in alcohol. I drowned myself in the medicines that 
we're supposed to be helping, but it, it also being on a, on a, a steroid prednisone would make my body swell. So then not only am I abusing myself with the, the foods, the consumptions, I would look in the mirror and see my body was swollen. And so it was just constant tension back and forth between my mind and body. And so anyway, I, I had to have surgery, it alleviated everything and it was amazing. And then I was told I would never go lift again. Cause I thought that if I had my, my surgery, I'll just go right back and just go fix the damage that I just did again. Cause I knew how, cause I kind of did it for the show. And so anyway, that whole year was just a bunch of back and forth. Nothing really changed. Just the body physically changed, but the, my old way, my old thing, old thinking, behaviors, patterns, thoughts, beliefs, values, everything about me was still stuck in the old. So it took actually a couple of years for me to realize what I was doing. And it took, a, it took all that as like kind of like the breaking point, but I was tr slowly putting the pieces together because I didn't fully grasp the magnitude of the damage that I'd been carrying throughout my whole life. And it was when I started working on my mind and that was through, um, through, through really seeking outside help. And that was the first thing I did. I actually asked for help and said, I realized I couldn't do this on my own because everything I tried to do on my own, I kept failing at. So something had to change. And that was me allowing myself permission to ask for help. And that was the first step into the rehabbing that I had to do with the inner work into where I'm at now. Wow. Wow. So it I'm just processing everything that you're saying because your story is so um, relatable even to my own and just thinking of the self-abuse that had taken place in your life um, from starting at eight years old, you know, having those abusive thoughts to yourself like, oh, why do I look the way that I look? Why is my lap not like that? Which is that negative self-abuse talk and then all the way up to, you know, your competition and after even, you know, the guilt, the shame and the shaming of self and all of that self-abuse. And so tell me about um, the help that you saw and just kind of where you are now and your mindset and your approach now on health and, you know, what your future is like um, if you'll ever do a competition now and the balance that you found and the freedom now that you have found. Yes. So allowing myself the permission asked for help, like I said, was, was the first step. And that was, that was big for me because I always tried to have this, um, you know, I could do it myself attitude that, you know, I just wanted to figure things out. And so when I asked for, I started asking for help, it, it opened the doors. I, I started, um, you know, people would suggest books and, you know, then I was finding myself watching inspirational videos on YouTube and following people that were inspiring. And I realized I was, I was shifting away. It was, it was a slow process, believe me, many years it, it, doing this, this work into where I'm at now. Um, but when I started to focus on the positives and the inspiring things and what I wanted to be and where I wanted to, or what I wanted to achieve and where I wanted to be, it, it, I was, I realized I was filling my bucket with more positive than the negative. And slowly over time, the accumulation allowed me to really focus on, on me because of what I was learning. And no longer was I doing 
things for external validation because I just it's it was almost like an epiphany but something just said to me like this all starts within I'm like and I know it sounds so cheesy and cliche but it's like I, I sat on that for a minute and I said okay maybe this is how it happens and I'm I'm a person of faith and I use my my faith as a as a guide throughout my whole um rehabbing process and it was keeping that moral compass and allowed me to be centered in knowing that I had a purpose and I had I had a reason why I went through this I just needed to find out why and so when I was when I was doing the work it allowed me to get in touch with my having that sense of self-awareness and accepting where I was at that moment and just knowing where I was was okay. I needed to be there. Every moment that you're in is for a reason. And kind of putting the two together, I said, okay, well, why? And then I started the question building, why? And throughout time, everything started to reveal itself as to why I had to go through the, the whole trauma and the backstory and, and the damage and everything was to get to the other side. And so doing the inner work allowed me to, to focus on my self-care. I needed to take care of the, the physical issue with my back. I had to become aware. I had to uh, focus on self-acceptance before I can even think about self-love. And that was a huge um, position for myself to kind of step into because I didn't fully understand that. I, I, I had thought that all the self was selfish and I heard all these things you know it's kind of kind of sounded woo-woo and you know why would I focus on self that sounds pretty selfish but I didn't understand the magnitude of filling my cup and filling my myself with all the things positive so I can be that beacon of hope for other people and so that was again done through self-awareness um, self-acceptance gratitude obviously was a huge changing um game changer in my life and that was a you know obviously looking back at uh, how to be grateful for the situations i was in and then i had to learn to forgive myself because carrying all that shame and guilt of the, the abuse was only adding to the weight and burden that i couldn't let go and so when i allowed permission for myself to be forgiven then it also freed up weight and room for me to forgive others, forgive my past, and move forward. Wow. So would you say for somebody now who is just, maybe they are where you were at, you know, in that place of where they don't truly love themselves, or maybe they don't like the way that their body looks, you know, maybe they're that eight-year-old girl, um, you know, who is maybe 30 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old, but they have that mindset of that eight-year-old girl, um, or maybe even, you know, that you had during your competition, and they're looking at themselves, and they don't value the way that they look, or they don't like their appearance, or they're looking at themselves, and they're like, I'm fat, I'm gross, I feel disgusting, I feel this, or I wish I had a better butt, I wish I had a better this, I wish I looked this way, um, and then they begin to start making changes because they don't love themselves and they don't like the way that they look and they feel unhealthy right so they're like oh i need to lose weight i'm so fat um so they begin to make those changes um 
what would you say to them because their motive is more out of disgust and more out of I don't like the way that I'm feeling I don't like how I'm not confident and their motive is more out of I guess um, an abusive mindset as opposed to a true self-love mindset like what advice would you have somebody who's just kind of stuck in that mindset I know you said reaching out and getting help but um, if they are not able to get help or they're not able at that point yet to reach out for help what you know what piece of advice would you just have like to share with them I think my, my biggest takeaway on this is that it's okay. And, 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 and you know, that just sounds pretty simple, but it's okay because we all start at some point and I, I'll, I'm not, it, the, this whole thing is a life journey and there's moments. I mean, just even today I had self doubt. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm criticizing myself, but the difference is, is that having that sense of self-awareness. So when we realize that we're at a position in at a position where we're at right now, and that's exactly where you're supposed to be. So when we kind of shift our inner dialogue with how, you know, the words that we choose to speak about ourselves, um, we can easily just as flip those. And words are a choice. Actions are a choice. Our beliefs are a choice. And when we realize that we have the power to choose, that's, that, that's powerful. Because we're, we feel that life is happening to us instead of for us and uh -huh. when we are able to reframe the way we speak to ourselves and it's just a simple habit if you're looking at yourself and saying oh my gosh i'm so gross look at this and our I mean, we have a million thoughts that chatter through our mind every single day and we can easily just divert that and be like oh my gosh but this shirt is so cute i mean how do we have the the, the two Two thoughts going simultaneously so if we're able to see something positive then we're we know that that's that we're it's it's a possibility to reframe that and say okay well if my shirt's cute well but you know maybe my hair looks cute too and all of a sudden we're going to start spotting and identifying the things that we do like about ourselves and so we can shift what we don't like to what we do like and it's just simple little tactics like that. I mean, they go a long way and, and it just sounds pretty simple and that's really what it is. So if you don't like something about yourself, how about you find something you do like and focus on that because the likes will come throughout time. And if we were able to create those habits in the past, we're able to create new ones going forward. I love that. I love, love, love what you said. That life is not ha life is not happening to us, but life is happening for us. And I think when we approach things in that positive mindset, that this life is for us. It's not just here to happen to us. It's not just happening to us, but it's for us. And if we begin to look at everything as a positive, like you said, for us, for our benefit, um, and we begin to approach everything with the mindset like you said of you know when that thought comes in oh gosh i have some cellulite but then turn it around quickly and take that thought under control and like yeah but you know what these jeans look really good on me and begin to um focus on that positive like you said and that giving it momentum then it's going to grow because I'm, I'm a true believer that whatever you give energy to it's going to expand and it's going to grow, right? It's like momentum. It's going to just keep going and going because like you said, you can't have two 
thoughts simultaneously, you know, a negative and a positive. So if you have one negative thought, then another negative thought's going to come in another and another and another. But if you, um, you know, take that thought into um, just quick captivity or submission or just a quick like, no, but these genes look good and redirect your thoughts, then those other thoughts are going to just have this snowball effect on us. And it's out of that self-love and out of that self-awareness that you were saying, um, the more positive changes will be made in us, through us. And then we'll be able to pour that into other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly where I was going with the, the whole, you know, what you give attention to will also take up your energy. So if you're focusing just solely on the negative, well, that's all you're going to think about is negative. And it's going it's, it, to, being in a negative state, honestly, it's just, it's exhausting. And I'm pretty sure that anyone can agree that, I mean, it takes a lot more energy to be negative than it does positive because when you're positive you just feel happy light and carefree and when i started to shift everything towards more positive i realized how freeing and light i felt that i almost felt like is there something wrong with me you know like it was just it was it was an amazing feeling and then i became addicted to that feeling and so we become addictive addicted to what feels great and if all we know is negativity we don't really know that, that there's there's an option for something greater and again, go back to focusing on, on the positives. And if we're so easy to point out the flaws, focus on them, we can just do the same with the good in our lives as well. And it's just reframing our, 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 our inner talk. So instead of saying, I, I, I am fat, just, I mean, just as simple as I have fat, but I'm human and everyone does. And that's okay. You know, just something as simple right. as, and that's where you get to the place of just self-acceptance because you have to start at acceptance first before you can jump right. to self-love. And self-love does take time. And it's just like any any relationship that you're in, you don't just meet someone and say, I love you because you don't even know them. It builds off of repetition <laughs> and how you feel. And, and you know, in, in any relationship as well, there's a love-hate, you know. <laughs> so, right. And, 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 I mean, love love not like <laughs> but yes right. yes wow Rachel I have learned so much even just from hearing you and just um I've been so inspired by you by your journey and your words of wisdom I um I appreciate you coming on today and spending this time with us and sharing with us your journey if anybody wants to get in touch with you how can they reach you are you um, just online, social media? What is um, a way that people can reach out to you? Yes, I'm online. Um, all my social media is I am Rachel Brooks, and my website is also IamRachelBrooks.com. And you can find me um, I, through social media or through Instagram is where I do most of my um, posts, and I'm available for DMs or even just shoot, shoot me a message, and I will always return them. Awesome. And when is your memoir coming out? We had just, okay. uh, funny you say that because I just got the final edits uh, as of yesterday. And so I will be working with um, my, uh, working to pitch everything so we can get that out to the publishing companies as well. And so hopefully early 2019, so which is very soon, I will have a better um, grasp as to where it's going and when it's going to be 
published. So I'm very excited about it. It's been a labor of love. And through the entire process, I've learned so much about myself through the healing and recovery aspect of it. And that I'm so excited just to continue to share this journey and give back to other women and let them know that they're not alone. I mean, everybody goes through so much. And and even at the deepest, darkest moments that you have somebody who can sit in the corners with you. And I hope that that somebody it could be me. So thank you. Thank you, Rachel, so much for, for joining and for being on the show today. I am so excited um, just to read your memoir. And um, if anybody like Rachel said, wants to get in contact with her, I am Rachel Brooks on Instagram, Facebook, and her website, I am rachelbrooks.com. We all look forward to your memoir coming out in 2019. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to Rachel and or us here at hgisinspiring.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And don't forget to like us on Spotify at She Is Inspiring, or you can also listen on Apple or an Anchor. Um, as always, be inspired, be empowered, and be transformed in your mind, body, and soul. We will chat with you guys next week and we look forward to hearing more of Rachel. We have to have you back on the show, Rachel. Thanks again so much for joining us. Well, thank you.